The Chiefs continue to roil around in the exclamation of what happened on Sunday Night Football, what it means, and where they're going with a bit of news that came out on Monday as to what the future of this team is looking towards the playoffs. We're going to get into it today on Locked On Chiefs. From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked On Chiefs podcast. Welcome back, everybody. Hope you're enjoying Victory Monday. A lot going on out there. And we have some details, some insights taken away from this game and what the bigger picture is going to look like as we go down the stretch. We're brought to you today by BetterHelp. It's not a crisis line or self-help. It's professional therapy done securely online and available to people worldwide. You can get 10% off your first month by going to betterhelp.com slash locked on. lot to get into. A lot of details that I think are starting to come out today as well. I'm Ryan Tracy, the founder of Rogue Analytics and Performance Consulting, NFL33.com, as well as RGR Football. And thanks for making us your first listen. Find another Locked On show for your second listen, because we are free on every platform every day, forever and ever and ever and ever. And I'm Chris Clark. Thank you all for listening. We really do appreciate it. There is a lot to talk about today, and there's a lot going on in the NFL uh, really, that could be relating to the Chiefs here in the next couple of weeks and months. Uh, probably none bigger than a possible injury in Buffalo. Yeah, we are going to get into that later in the show, folks. So stick around about what that makes the future look like. But taking the big takeaways from this, we're pretty ecstatic with the way the game ended. You know, that kind of overtime win is always going to get you. But when you take a step back, Andy Reid had some interesting comments on Monday about how he felt the the blocking was good by the offensive line the majority of the night, despite not being able to generate any power on the ground. And despite having Patrick having to move the pocket and run for his life, I think there's a little bit of of euphemism here in that Reid is just not going to address the shortcomings of the offensive line that clearly are what put them into that position, in my opinion, for the offense not to put out until the very end of that ballgame. Is it that he's not going to address the the lack of offensive line at times, or is he just not going to call it an offensive line issue because the wide receivers aren't getting open? I think there's a little bit of both there. Uh, I do think that if you watch a lot of Patrick Sachs and when he was hurried, it was on stuff that he was designed to already have the ball out, and he was trying to do what he does, and that's going to cause – more pressure. I'm not saying it's all on Mahomes. I'm just saying I can remember specifically seeing an Orlando Brown sack where it was a five-step drop. Patrick had to throw the ball at the top of his drop, and he held it, and Brown got beat for a sack. To me, that's more on Patrick than it really is on Brown. He's got to get the ball out and get rid of it if he's not going to uh, do anything or step up into the pocket because Brown did what he needed to do and got the guy around the edge at least to start with. Okay, so – that's a fair take on it. In the end of the day, it's Patrick doing Patrick things that got them out of that. So how concerned does that make you taking a look at the game overall about, yes, you, you live by fire, you die by fire. In this case, they ended up winning. But I don't know that this game is, is repeatable over and over and over. Do you? No, I don't. I don't think it's repeatable. And I want to be clear. I'm not saying the line played play great. That is not at all what I'm saying. What I'm simply saying is that Patrick – still causes some of his own pressure at times. Uh, And that's going to be the case because of the way he plays. So is Orlando Brown going to work out in Kansas City long-term? Probably not. I think that what what we've seen last year and this year, he is not going to be the long-term answer left tackle. I think Kansas City is going to have to address that this offseason. I don't know if they're going to do it in the draft or they're going to go out and try to get somebody in free agency. 
but it's definitely got to be a position that they got to get fixed. And then you have the other right, the other offensive side at right tackle, and that was a problem at times last night too. But it wasn't just those two guys. Uh, Trey Smith had a rough night. Mm-hmm. Yes, he's going against one of the best defensive tackles in the league, but Trey Smith had a rough night. Creed Humphrey had another uncharacteristic miss in the middle that caused pressure early on Mahomes. There was a lot of things that played into it, and the Titans did something that a lot of teams haven't been able to do in covering Kansas City and not allowing anybody to get free. Yeah, I mean, for the most part, I think there's one guy in particular we need to talk about in the next segment that did a pretty bang-up job. We'll go from there. But you're right in that, despite all the trouble, to be able to put this line together, and I, I felt that they played better down the stretch. I felt like you come away with the idea that uh, particularly in the short yardage, you saw Wiley have a really crushy block on Simmons at one point. Bottom line is that this team's resiliency that they showed last night, led by Patrick Mahomes, but also with a number of contributors, uh, that big catch by Noah Gray that we saw, the, the line stepping their game up, a lot of things there. It all comes together as a package to set them up for what they can continue to do. Now, Jacksonville's coming down the week. We'll talk about them later in the week. We're going to kind of hang on this for, for today. But as I look at it uh, the day after, I keep coming back to this was a game where you didn't have your A game going. You had to fight and claw. The defense found it. They sparked some things. Patrick picked it up, did the rest. But it does have to be still 11 guys on offense doing something to help that play be survivable and, and effective. And that's, I think, my big thing is that it was ugly but it was resilient. And the big takeaway for me is that if you can do that against a Tennessee Titans team that is has the same record as you do, uh, is maybe a, a little under-heralded as well, and play a very close game against the Buffalo Bills that we saw a few weeks ago. We'll talk about them coming up later. But those two games in particular tell me that you're ready to take what the league has to give you and, and, and take that punch on the chin or wherever they get you and be able to come back from it consistently. Yeah, and I will say this just because there is a clip out there. I think Seth, our buddy Seth, retweeted it's from Lawrence Tynes. Kadarius Tony laid Bud Dupree on his butt. It was glorious he, to see a wide receiver be able to step in and do something like that. And I know he's not a small guy, but I was not expecting that from him. Yeah, no, we're we're going to talk about him as well as some of the other receivers as we get into the next segment about who stood out. But from the team standpoint. You have to feel better today than you did yesterday, even though during the time you were pretty frustrated, right? Yeah, I think you have to feel better. I think that you look at what the result is and you realize it doesn't matter if they win by, you know, 15 or they win by three. It's still a win in the National Football League. You're going against one of the better teams record-wise, at least in the National Football League. And now you have an extra game up on them. You beat them. So if somehow they end up in the playoffs, you're going to have that over them as long as your record is at least as good as theirs. Yeah. It takes confidence, and there's an easy way from some friends of ours to help get your confidence back. We'll talk about the wide receivers and what this does for their confidence coming up. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp Therapy Online. Have you ever wanted to try to figure out what your next job is going to be or what your next career is going to be? Have you ever been looking for or being in a time of transition trying to figure out what is next? Unfortunately, life doesn't come with a user manual, so when it's not working for you, it's normal to feel stuck. Everyone deserves to feel their best. BetterHelp makes it easier to get started. As the world's largest therapy service, they've matched millions of people with professionally licensed and vetted therapists available 100% online. I can tell you from experience, 
BetterHelp has helped me get to where I am today and where I am continuing to go. Uh, I really appreciate all that they're able to do. All the benefits of in-person therapy, plus it's more convenient, more accessible, and more affordable. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to match with the therapist. If things aren't clicking, you can easily switch to new therapist anytime. It could not be simpler. No waiting rooms, no traffic, no endless searching for the right therapist. Get unstuck with BetterHelp. Learn more and save 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash locked on. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash locked on. And getting that better help to get your confidence up, I think, is something that they wanted to make a concerted effort last night. One guy that stands out to me as we take a look, not the leading receiver last night, but a guy that put in all the effort that I think you could ask of him being what is becoming very clear that Juju Smith-Schuster is the second fiddle here. He is target number two. I, I was I went back and I watched a couple of clips, and, and I'm just more and more satisfied with the way that he's approaching attacking defenses, knowing a little bit better, I feel, what Patrick is going to be looking for on a given play. Do you see that? No, I really do. I think that he is getting in, into a groove with Patrick Mahomes. And if Kansas City's smart, they're going to be trying to uh, to sign him to an extension. Try to get the deal done now. He's already, I think he reached, I think I saw somewhere where he reached a $500,000 bonus uh, because of last night's games, because he's now over 500 yards and 40 catches for the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, get it done. Yeah. He's he's on pace to be a thousand yard receiver. He has been a guy that you can rely on. He is getting more and more connected with Patrick and he is starting to learn the role that Kelsey plays in a lot of ways. And I think that that's really key, but I think where it goes even further is he's starting to do the same types of things that you see Kelsey do at times. And what I mean by that is opening up for Patrick, getting into the right spots to give Patrick a window to throw the ball, as opposed to maybe just rest, necessarily running to a point yeah and that's key and that's that's confidence in the offense it's confidence in Patrick himself it's developing that chemistry and in what you can do in the offseason you got to take that a a step farther in the regular season to get to that point he is second in receiving yards on this roster right now with 582 MVS is the next one which is now 200 yards behind him so it's a significant gap that's kind of opened up there I actually thought that was going to be the reverse, to tell you the truth, that MBS would be gaining more yards and Juju would be doing more of the grunt work, the red zone work, the second red zone target was my original thought. But they have another option now, and I thought it was very telling for me. I I don't know how you feel about it, but there was, what was it, six routes run by Canarius Tony. He was on the field for, I believe, eight passing downs. And that was probably more than, than I think we might have felt going into the game. We talked about last night. We were pleased that they got him into the action rather quickly. But you mentioned the block, and Andy had to talk about it today and and talked about the fact that, hey, he had some really nice block action, and it was against defensive ends. I would not have guessed that he would be that effective at it. It's fun to see, but it's the effectiveness that really does it. You expect MVS. Kadarius Tony at his size, that still blows me away, and and I think that that shows – a change in the Tony that we saw in New York versus what we're seeing attitude wise just in one week in Kansas City. Well, and I will say this go back and watch that clip. It was from Lawrence Tynes. Uh, Seth Kaiser retweeted. I'm going to try to retweet it on the Locked On Chiefs account. Go back and watch the clip. Watch his feet before he hits him. I'm doing it right he now. Sets it's on up, my timeline, too. <laughs> yeah. He sets that block up, he makes it look like he's getting ready to go out for a route. Mm-hmm. The defensive end has no idea that he's going to get hit. 
and Tony sees him step, lets him step, and take his weight that direction and just blast him. Yeah, and it's beautiful. And it effectively helps Orlando not have to deal with that guy, period. Yep. It's it's a well, not just well executed for the fact that he's got the, the weight disadvantage, but it helps the entire scheme of the blocking. So good for him. That's a nice subtle thing that you can do as a wide receiver to help this team without having to be out in every route. That's true. And not only that, but there was another play and it was Patrick running around the left side of the line uh, later. I think, well, I don't know where it was in comparison to that specific block, but he was out there running a route and Patrick comes out running the ball and Tony's out in front of him blocking. Mm-hmm. He's blocking his guy. He's making sure his quarterback doesn't get hit. And he was one of the first people to go help Patrick get up when he did get hit. And it's the small things that you were seeing from him that just don't fit into what everybody said he was in New York. Yeah, and that's that's probably the biggest conundrum for me. Is like, how does that fit? He only played eight snaps. Okay, that's not much, but I think you got good play out of at least four of them that popped on, on film that we haven't even seen the All-22 for. And he's not the only well, one, because when you take a look at the snaps across the defensive side of the ball, Legereus Need again, is putting out constant effort, uh, led the team with 51 snaps on defense. Uh, he and Nick Bolton, the only two guys that didn't come off the field. Obviously, those two guys actually played good games as well. So you can take away from that. But you got 31 snaps from Carlos Dunlap, which is a season high, I believe. And I thought he putting out four pressures along with Chris Jones. And the third guy to produce four pressures last night was George Karloftis. What did you take away from Karloftis' game? Karloftis, is a, I think, looks really good. I just want to say one last thing on Tony real quick. I do think that they got away from going into packages they had ready for him because things weren't working in the game. I do expect that you're going to see a huge jump in his snaps and availability for this next week. Now, Karloftis, I love seeing the motor, and I know that's what he has always been. I know that's what he is. But watch, watching him try to crash down on the right tackle and then seeing the running back come out, and him just crashing down and taking the running back out on on a play that if he doesn't do that could have been a little bit bigger of a gain. Um, maybe it's not a huge gain for the Titans, but there's a big difference between a three or four yard gain and a seven or eight yard gain. Yeah, and Carloft is continually doing that. Sorry, that's all I was really gonna say. He continually doing that type of stuff is what is going to make him extremely valuable. He will get sacks. They will be coming. He is getting to that point. He's just not quite there yet. Yeah, he was super close. And I was just going to echo you. Like, it's those little incremental things that add up to bigger wins as the defense goes along. So he's certainly contributing. I'm glad to see that. I think that there's going to be more there. They're going to have some some tough competition coming down the line as they try to run this back half of the season. Who will they be playing come the end of the regular season, into the playoffs? We'll talk about that in the backside of this. But I didn't have Patrick going off for 440 yards last night. That was not in my wheelhouse. But if you think you know what Patrick's going to do next week, right now the line is 290.5 over at our friend's prize picks. All you got to do is pick if he's going to go more or if he's going to go less. You go in and make an entry at prizepicks.com. You can pick two to five players, get that entry, and win up to 10 times your entry cost. No competing against other people. No way that you have to go head-to-head or set a lineup. It is the easiest form of daily fantasy sports, and I think you guys are going to dig it. You can play all the major sports things from baseball, now that it's over, is probably out of the thing, but you can even get into PGA, college football, disc golf. I don't know how to bet that, but it's got to be fun to look at. Um, Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. They're fast, safe, and quick. 
and they're operational in 30 states in Canada. All you got to do is go get the Prize Picks app at any app store or go to prizepicks.com and sign up there to play daily fantasy sports. They're giving you right now with our code locked on 100% deposit bonus. So if you put 50 down, you get 50 for free. If you put 100 down, you get 100 for free. That's with our code locked on at prizepicks.com. Now, what the fallout for the Kansas City Chiefs that happened on Monday is that we talked over and over and over about you lost this game to the Bills. Now you've been able to beat the Titans. That's good. I expected them to beat the Titans, to tell you the truth. But now we find out that Josh Allen has uh, an ulnar injury of some kind. Scheduled for more detail, but it looks like he could miss some time. I don't think... I. I guess I shouldn't say that. I do think that either of these teams, should they lose the quarterback, they're in serious trouble. I think Patrick proved that last night. I think Josh proves that every week as well. And we know the competition value that we have here. So if they have to miss three weeks of Josh Allen, I think that opens it up to the scenario that we talked about before last week's game, that they still are in this to get the number one seed. They still have the ability to reach that goal it's unfortunate it has to be due to an injury to the quarterback, but that's the way the cookie crumbles. When you invest for both these teams in the quarterback as the head of the spear, that's what happens if he has to miss time. No, absolutely. And I think that that's a big question as to how they're going to deal with this injury. Uh, right now, we do not know anything. Um, they are being very cagey whether or not there's actually an injury, whether or not he's actually going to miss time. Makes a lot of sense. But if there's going to be a good time for the Bills to have this injury, it's probably going to be the next three weeks. Uh, other than the Minnesota Vikings, who are next on schedule on their schedule, who I think that they have the ability to beat, although without Allen, that's going to be very tough, then it's the Cleveland Browns and the Detroit Lions. I think you have to feel pretty good about it if you're them. And then it's the New England Patriots. Packers. I, I understand that, but the, it's the Packers, and the Packers aren't playing very well right now. So... <laughs> Say what you want. Their next four games, Vikings, Browns, Lions, Patriots. Okay. I think you can still probably win at least two of those, if not three of those games. Then they play the Jets again uh, in Miami. So then it gets a little bit harder. But to your point, Allen is a fantastic quarterback. He is going to make a difference on their team. The question is, is he going to be available this next week? Is he going to be available for the next couple of weeks? He's had similar injuries before. So it isn't a one-time thing for him. This is a reoccurring type thing. And I'm not saying it's a normal type thing, but with how he was hit, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it does. And we'll wait to hear whether that really affects him or not. But that the point being is that the way the league goes, every week to week, you could always be back in, especially if they're Kansas City Chiefs. Yep. And just to be clear, yes, I know he threw the ball almost 70 yards on the next snap. Adrenaline will allow you to do whatever your body really wants to do at that specific time. I watched the ball go 70 yards once. Oh, wait. Yeah, that doesn't mean I could throw it that far. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it all comes down. And I think the level of competition, I, I think what last night's game kind of shows you and what this injury to, to Josh Allen and what the Bills did to the Chiefs earlier this year shows you is there are teams that just have matchups. They have attitudes. They have whatever it is that makes them a tougher out than some other teams. Chiefs have had trouble with these Titans in the regular season. Big close with the Bills. We've seen it all come down. To survive that, I think, is a step forward. And I think we've seen playoff runs, playoff games be very, very different. So 
in looking at everything that happened last night, despite the fact that I'm frustrated uh, that we only saw six snaps, Jalen Watson, he did have the injury and only 12 snaps of Brian Cook, which I thought that was going to be a little bit more important. But you are looking to be stout against that's, the run. That's interesting to me that they have switched Williams and Watson. Mm-hmm. I did not expect that. I think that that may sound that may seem like they're thinking that Williams is starting to turn a corner. And if that's really the case, this defense is, has an opportunity to get a lot better. And I'm not trying to take anything away from Watson. I think he's played very well. But if Williams can step up and be better than what Watson has, and then they're four deep at corner, I think you're in a fantastic place uh, for the rest of the season. Yeah, I think that was probably delineated by the matchup more than anything myself. But I think Josh acquitted himself quite well. So the idea being, as long as nobody gets hurt, then you're in good shape. Yeah. Uh, the guy that they graded out, I think, uh, uh, amazingly well when it comes to the fact that hasn't been on the field. If you if you like PFF grades, then he's your number two corner on this roster in last night's game. If you don't care about their grades, it's still the fact they had a tackle. He got targeted twice and allowed zero receptions. Trent McDuffie is back, played 49 snaps, and didn't allow anything of any circumstance whatsoever. I believe, in fact, the yardage was zero against him. The completions were zero against him again. But he did get a couple of targets at least. Yeah, and and he took down Derrick Henry at one point or at least slowed him down to where the rest of the defense was able to catch up, and that's a huge deal. I mean, being able to slow him down, that's big, uh, quite literally and figuratively for that matter. Uh, What I will say, though, is you see what he was able to do. If he's able to continue to play better for Kansas City and they can continue to play very well against wide receivers going forward, and I want to be cautious how I say this because the Titans don't have great wide receivers. And Malik Willis was playing like crap and couldn't throw the ball to a wide receiver last night. So it was a combination of things in that regard. But if, if McDuffie can step in and, and be what he was in the week one, and I'm really curious to see all 22 with him, mm-hmm. I, this team is going to be very tough to throw against. It is. And it can only get better from here, given that, you know, three of your top four are rookies. Sneed is still yeah. Sneed, recorded the only PBUs of the evening. Should have had that pick at the end, you know. I was going to say, yeah. Needs to work work on his hands. Well, you know, if he had better hands, he'd be a wide receiver. So, hey, let's play corner and enjoy it. So, let us know what you think. What's your big takeaway from this ballgame? Leave it in our YouTube comments. Leave it in the Spotify reviews. We appreciate all of that. We're going to be back with you tomorrow with Matt Derrick as we start to move forward towards the Jacksonville Jaguars. And what comes next? Old pro uh, Doug Peterson. They know each other pretty well. It should be a very interesting matchup. And we have a ton coming for you as we get closer to that ball game. Thanks for all of your time today. We appreciate it. And check out another Locked On show for your next listen or the Locked On Sports Today show, the top news from every sport. That's over on its own feed on Odyssey and all the audio platforms. Thanks for being with us today. We'll talk to you tomorrow.